Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. city was full of it. Hey! Three TVs! Desperate measures were needed. Want you to go to the police academy. The police academy is such a dangerous place. Honey, don't worry. Desperate measures were taken. I'm joining the police force! The mayor says we have to take this riffraff. I'm trapped here? Oh, yes. We all are. What about guns? When do we get guns? Hey there, and welcome to Rewatchability, where the podcast where we rewatch old movies and TV shows to see how they hold up in the modern eye. We're part of Entertainment One's podcast network, and my name is Blaine Waters. With me, as always, is... Cadet Laurent, reporting for duty. That's good, Laurent. I'm just going to call you by your last name this entire time. <laughs> Laurent. <laughs> okay. Why does it sound so harsh, man? <laughs> I have to yell at you when I do it. Yeah, this feels good. I already have like control over you this podcast. You feel like a drill inspector? Yeah. Drill instructor? In- inspector. <laughs> <laughs> drill inspector, let's see your drills. <laughs> <laughs> I work for Canadian Tire. <laughs> we need to... <laughs> I used to work for Rona. Um, but on this podcast, we're going to be talking about Police Academy. Yes. The first in a, in a long line of, of movies. It's a trilogy. <laughs> And before we get into it, we want to thank our Patreons. Those are people who give us one, three, five dollars a month mm-hmm. to keep the podcast going. At, mm-hmm. certain, at, at five dollars, you get bonus episodes. Three dollars, you get the podcast early and ad free. And at one dollar, you join the ranks of people that give to us on Patreon, which is it's it's its own exclusive club. I, I, I want in. <laughs> Thank you, Laron. <laughs> and we should say that this is a listener suggestion from Michael. He's a Patreon uh, donor. He he gave at a certain level, and that's why we're doing this movie. Yes. Thank you, Michael, for suggesting this. I've wanted to do this movie for a little while. So. I've wanted to do this movie since the beginning of this podcast. So this is a big moment oh my, for me. This is a culmination of years this of effort. This is everything. <laughs> oh, my God. No pressure. <laughs> So, After this, the podcast is done. What? <laughs> this is the you, last episode. We've never talked about this. Why <laughs> well, would you... I'm calling it. I'm throwing down the plate like at a Greek restaurant. <laughs> oh, God. You're the worst server. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did lose that job. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of people that are horrible at their jobs, uh, when did you first see Police Academy, Rob? Okay. So I have to admit something. Oh, I did God. not see the original Police Academy until... A couple of years ago. Pray tell. Why, why, you said you wanted to do this on the podcast well, since the beginning. Well, <laughs> I have seen all the other Police Academy movies. Whoa. From Police Academy 2, Back on the Streets, <laughs> to Police Academy 7, Mission to Moscow. I don't think that's a real title of Police Academy 2, but Mission to Moscow no. is real. No, Back on the Streets <laughs> <laughs> that was me after I lost that waiter job. It's like the title of your autobiography, Back on the Streets. <laughs> if only I could join the police academy. <laughs> Please donate to Patreon so Rob doesn't have to go on the streets. Yeah. So you saw all six other police academy movies. I believe so. When I was growing up, we had many of them on VHS taped from TV or wherever. Mm-hmm. And I loved or watching wherever. them. I, in particular, uh, the one where they go to Miami. Yeah. <laughs> Mission to Miami, I guess yeah, it's I called. Yeah, I think five. Yeah. yeah, I like that one. I also like Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol. Citizens yeah. on Patrol! <laughs> was there a rap song? There was a rap song. Yeah, okay. That sounds like that. <laughs> and it also featured a young David Spade. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Right. So I love the Police Academy movies. I 
you know, because of the sort of person that I am, you yeah. know, I I grew up with Law the knockoff brands, you oh. know, with the with the also rands, with the stuff that everybody else didn't really want. So I had yes, the Police Academy sequels. Wow. Wow. But you had never seen the first one. You never learned how all these players got together. That's right. Well, a team. I did a few years ago watch this movie to sort of survey it for the podcast, see if it would be a good selection. Oh, my God. And we did not do it. <laughs> Wait, do you pre-watch movies for rewatchability? I mean, sometimes, Blaine, get this, I watch movies and then we don't talk about them on the podcast. That's that's in, I don't, I honestly don't know it how you find obscene. the time. It seems obscene. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> it is a little bit obscene. Sometimes I find it so hard to just watch one movie in my week. Yeah. God, and it has to be like you know the Sandlot. I'm like, All right, well, Sandlot's great. You have a problem with the Sandlot? I don't know. Check out our episode in the Sandlot. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Blaine? When was the first time that you saw Police Academy? Uh, it was. In my first year in the police academy, uh, they made us watch it. It was compulsory. Right. Uh, we needed to learn how not to do the job in order to effectively do the job. Oh. I was a bit of a tackleberry. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no. Come on. You were a Barbara. <laughs> I, was, I was definitely a Barbara uh, helping people move. You know? So I – that's a deep cut joke on this movie. I saw this movie when I was uh, a kid. I liked it a lot. Uh-huh. And this is what made you want to become a writer. <laughs> I was like, this could be a better movie. <laughs> they don't need police. They need writers. Oh, my God. If only there was a writer academy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, God. It's just it's called the university and it's a slog. Come on. Uh, no, I, I watched this. I really loved it as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I watched a lot of the sequels. They made toys out of this movie. And I had some of the toys. Were the toys from this movie or were they from the Police Academy cartoon? They might have been from the Police Academy cartoon. But I remember having like Tackleberry. Yeah. You had Tackleberry. I had Tackleberry. Oh, that's awesome. He was like – I remember him being the most fun part of the cartoon for sure because he was like – he's the biggest character Mm -hmm. of all the characters Mm -hmm. in Police Academy. So I I liked him a lot when I was a kid. I liked Hooks a lot. Uh I I, I just – because I was like a really loud kid. And so I liked the, the, the quiet – I don't know. I think She's good. I, I think I might have had a little crush on Hooks when I was a kid. Yeah. It's not but, too late. Yeah, it's true. It's true. She, give her a call. She's she's just working on other movies with Steve Gutenberg and Michael <laughs> Winslow. So, yeah. Yeah. Don't anyway, say that. I Well, no, she is. She, she, she made a movie with them. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, we will. So I loved this movie. I didn't really like the sequels as much, but I liked, liked the characters so much that I, I would watch these movies as a kid. Right. And they were – I remember like them being kind of geared towards kids. Like it didn't really hit with the adult audience and I think the first Police Academy was rated R mm-hmm. and then the subsequent ones weren't. And they and I think they found more merchandising opportunities that way because the films made – so much less money as they went on. <laughs> so, the, I mean, the first movie made $81 million. I know. I can't believe that. I know. That's it's, like, that seems like way too much money. Yes. And like, that, they must have been embezzling money some other way yeah, than it adding so, it on to the total. I mean, that's why it was filmed in Canada, because it was a tax shelter <laughs> Right. Movie. They yeah, actually just sure. got a bunch of free Canadian money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, like, here, have some loonies and toonies. <laughs> as many as you want, Steve. Yeah, Steve Gutenberg could only play Monopoly with it in the States. <laughs> they didn't recognize the money. But the last movie made just like $150,000 or something like that. Really? Yeah. So on a $10 million budget. So it oh. was really – I think they uh, – they, That's they a lot found, of tax write-off. Yeah, I know. They found their money in the merchandising in, in other things and I think gearing it towards kids. So I think it's a great movie to do for the podcast because it does feel like it was geared towards us even though it was rated R. I disagree. Let's not do it. OK. Let's talk about some other – let's talk about RoboCop. <laughs> that yeah? would be awesome. <laughs> No, we've done it. We've done it. Uh, so, Rob, do you want to run down the plot of Police Academy for those that maybe, like you, have only seen the sequels and haven't seen the first one? Right. Haven't seen it in its purest and truest form. Like crack cocaine. No, that's not the <laughs> no, purest that's form. The- <laughs> <laughs> that's just the purest form I can get. You have to stop <sighs> buying drugs. <laughs> I'm so bad at it. So it starts with a little bit of text 
that tells us the backstory. And this this is going to blow your mind. So <laughs> this city, wherever this takes place, it's filmed in Toronto, which is our home city. Yeah. But it takes place in a sort of any city, yeah. USA. We're in Toronto right now. We are. Yeah. We, we could be in the police academy set right now. We, we could be. <laughs> we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> Because nothing from the police academy set still survives. No, it's all it's all gone. But so in this city, the new mayor, who is a lady, yeah, that's made such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God, this is why Hillary couldn't win. That's right, right there, because the police academy. Because the police academy. So she has passed a new law which has loosened the requirements for the police academy. Mm -hmm. So before they had all these sort of regulations and restrictions, like you had to be able to lift this much weight Mm -hmm. or you had to be this tall or you had to be a white male. (laughs) (laughs) They specifically state that. But now they're going to do this crazy thing where they let women and people of color be policemen. Don't forget men with women's names. That's right. Yeah. That was also a big barrier. That was a big barrier. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen couldn't become a cop. Couldn't become he a... had to play one on on TV. Actually, I think he was a cop. Wasn't he really an RCMP member? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So get your fucking facts straight. Hey, in Canada we allowed that. <laughs> but in the police academy in the United States, come on. Oh, that's – okay. Good yeah. point. But I, I kind of like that because it was this this female mayor that obviously had to put up with a lot of bullshit to get to where she was. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, well, let's open the doors for everyone else. And everyone's like, groaner. <laughs> Why do we have to change? Yeah. Yeah. It, it kind of – it's still it's still a thing. It's, I mean it sort of works. But I can't tell whether the movie is like, oh, here's a great thing or like here's a stupid thing and here are the comical results. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is definitely the second one, but I think it might also be saying that there's like because you know we they succeed and they become part of That's the true. police force. That That's maybe true. this is a good thing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> maybe. But so they're going to have all these new recruits at the police academy, and we see some of them as they are leaving their everyday lives yep. and you know starting to join up. And one guy is in a, like a camera shack, and he gets bullied, and he's going to yeah. finally have the power to get revenge on these nerds, which I think is the best reason to become a policeman. <laughs> yeah. <I've>... Revenge. <laughs> That's totally why a lot of people go into it, and it's I scary. actually think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Please, the... if you're listening, don't be fucking evil. <laughs> But then there's people like Tackleberry that want to get into it just to handle guns. Just to shoot guns. And that's also, I think, predominantly why people get into police. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All good reasons. (laughs) The beginning of this movie starts out like a horror movie with Tackleberry, (laughs) and I liked that a lot. I I didn't remember that from seeing it for for the first time, and everyone's terrified of, like, Tackleberry killing them. And Mm -hmm. that's not going to change in this movie. It doesn't have a big arc. Yeah. No. But one person in particular doesn't actually want to become a policeman. Steve Gutenberg? I almost said Buscemi. <laughs> no. <laughs> That'd be amazing. How dare you sell me? Hey, I'm here for the police academy. <laughs> Aren't you a fireman? Get the hell out of here, Buscemi. Oh, they hate each other. <laughs> Fire and police, they do not mix like cats and dogs. <laughs> Oil and water. <laughs> but he uh, he's a parking attendant, and he, after somebody pisses him off, he ends up messing up their car by parking it. Between two cars, and it's a firebird. <laughs> Let's fall, mister! Look, don't give me that crap. You've got a space. Let's fall, sir. Find a spot, dickhead. Dickhead? That's right. Where's the manager? Dickhead. Park the car, butt breath. Butt breath? Yeah. Wait a minute. Hold everything. That's a wig, isn't it? <clears throat> Park the car. Yeah, that's a wig. Wig! Wig! Dong, dong, dong. So he gets arrested and in trouble, and, but... And he He's also working... We would have hung out with him had we been working <laughs> at our old job. Yeah, that's right. He worked... In the, in the 80s. Right beside a place where we used to work. Yeah. But it's now... It used to be a parking lot, and now it's a nice park. Yeah. They turned it from a parking lot into a park. So people couldn't cause automotive destruction there. Exactly. The, it was it was insane to kind of see Toronto that way because it was bright, it was nice, but it was also just parking lots as far as the eye could see parking downtown. Parking lots as far as the eye could see. It was just like, what was Toronto's slogan? Come park your car? <laughs> it was. Like, why? <laughs> it was horrible. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, it's a good thing that they eventually built that CN Tower, and then you could park all the cars th- up there. Yeah, right. Yeah, this is a big parking <laughs> World's garage. World's tallest parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Don't drop your keys. Don't drop your keys. No. It's a long way down. <laughs> but he gets arrested. Uh, luckily for him, he is white. <laughs> no. Uh, luckily for him, his dad was a police officer. Yeah. So he doesn't get any uh, trouble or consequences no, for his actions. But he does get uh, yelled at by, like, Mr. Money. Penny, like he has the, like the mustache from the Monopoly guy. Yeah, it's so great, and he has suspenders and these high pants. I like it. Yeah, he's great. He's my favorite character in the Police Academy movies. He's going to be the fashion inspiration of the summer. Yeah, <laughs> of like nineteen thirty nine. Of nineteen two thousand and nineteen. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> watch it in Liberty Village, where all the hipsters are. Where yeah. this was filmed. Of course, when it was filmed, it was a crummy place. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, but. So instead of arresting him and putting him in the slammer, he tells him that because his, he was a good friend of his dad, he's going to make him go to police academy. Right. This is kind of like the, the going to military school. That's for, right. For kids, right? Mm-hmm. Like this guy has been in trouble so much. you got to fly straight. you got to go to yeah. police academy. This guy has proven that he can't follow rules. He's destructive. He has anger problems. Hey, let's give him a gun. <laughs> I feel like that is just how they select police. But uh, maybe, maybe, I don't know. That's maybe unfair to police officers. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I have a complicated relationship with police. Not relationship. What, are but... you dating police? <laughs> At the same time as being bullied by police? I have to, or they'll put me in handcuffs. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, some police people are good. I don't want to say that all police people are power hungry, angry, racist people. But some of them are. And in Toronto, we've had some, like, bad experiences with police, like the G20 thing where they arrested a bunch of civilians and all of yeah. that stuff. So, Well, and they're still setting up, like, uh, like park stings for, like, people, I don't know, like, oh, yeah. for they, gay people. And, a couple yeah. years ago, they did that. I don't know yeah. if they're still doing that because it made them look rightly fucking awful. <laughs> It's just like, come on, guys. <laughs> You're picking out one group of people. Like, this is not what the police should be doing. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. But anyway, we're going to yeah. get more police. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a police academy and, you know, they've let all these new people in. So first day of training, mm-hmm. everybody gets there. Everybody is starting to find their place. Yeah. But they don't actually – the police people don't actually want them to actually become policemen. No. They don't want these new recruits – Diluting the force. Yeah. Well, they, you know, they used to be that you could look as far as the eye could see would be dicks, you know, or Johnsons as they as they call them in this. In oh this yeah, movie. that's right. Yeah, that's what the guy. <laughs> yeah, he's that, like, it used to be Johnsons as far as the eye could see. Johnsons, Johnsons, Johnsons. Yeah, yeah. He he just wants men in the police force. He doesn't want to let anyone else in of, of any different race, creed, culture. Yeah. So he wants to wash them all out. He wants mm. to be hard on them. He can't fire them or, you know, make them leave. He has to make them quit on their own accord. So he gets Lieutenant Harris and these two student flunkies to sort of help him give everybody a hard time. Yeah, exactly. And they're kind of his lackeys. And what's weird is that he kind of sets it up to be like everyone has to do what you guys say. Like everyone in your squad of these kind of misfit toys has to do what you say. But then they never really abuse that power too much. Well, they sort of do. They have Mahoney running laps. Yeah, but that's because Harris said to run – I don't know. Like it, do, it doesn't feel like they kind of use that to the full extent that they can. Yeah, you think that they should have went yeah. mad with power? Exactly, yeah. It's like the Stanford prison experiment. They like you know have the power and they should be – but I, I also like that they're kind of the you know butts of everyone's jokes. They shave their heads because they think they're kind of in the military mm-hmm. and then the one guy who's pretending to be – Latino is is like, you know, just a little off the side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Martin. So, yeah, I, I like that they kind of, I don't know, they're fun, kind of fun characters. Yeah. So they start the police academy thing. We have all the guys here that we've talked about. We've got Michael Winslow who makes the noises. Yeah. There's also the guy. <laughs> that's, that's what he said. That was the machine gun. Yes. Yeah, thank was, you, Blaine. Thank you. Thank you. There's Watch al- out, Michael Winslow, coming for your job. There's also the guy who keeps on causing calamities, like he's really clumsy. Yeah. And then yeah. everything sort of butterfly effects into mayhem. Yeah, he's like kind of modeled after Mr. Magoo, but he seems kind of just like he wants to murder his wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his wife tries to stop him from going to police academy because she knows that during like 
a like live fire exercise, he's going down. Um, so she jumps in the hood of his car, and he pretends not to see her while he's driving on the highway. It's he, and then he parks and puts her into a bush. He's he's gonna kill her very soon. In yeah, this yeah. There's him. There's uh, Barbara, who's the the kind camera of, guy. Yeah, camera guy. And then Hightower. We haven't yeah, talked about Hightower. Hightower, which. Was you know, one of my favorite characters when I was a kid. I loved Hightower. But also the audience favorite. He got uh, – when they did test screenings, he he was so much the favorite of the audience that he was second build. He mm-hmm. got put up mm-hmm. in, in the ranks, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While everybody wants to wash out these new recruits, actually Mahoney wants to get washed out. He, he yeah. doesn't want to be a police officer. He's actually trying to get fired. But yeah. it just keeps on not working. Well, yeah, and he can't quit, and Lassar can't fire him either. So he's kind of in this catch twenty two position Mm because he goes to Lassar, who's like the Leslie Nielsen of the of the movie. Yeah, kind of stand in for him. Although I think he kind of plays the role with a little more heart, plumb. Yeah. (laughs) Gravitas, <laughs> he's I'd pretty say. good. He's pretty yeah, good. I like him. I'll and him. some of his like moments later, I mean, which we'll get to. Yeah, 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 <clears throat> All right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, but a bunch of stuff happened. Basically, Mahoney like is giving Harris a hard time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lieutenant Harris, played by G.W. Bailey, yeah. and uh, they just keep on trying to, you know, like knuckle him down. All the students have their hijinks. Oh, Kim Cattrall's there. Oh yeah, Canadian Kim Cattrall. That's right. Yeah. Sex in the city. Right. And it's sex, a show. And, and sex in the police force, which is <laughs> exactly why she's in this movie, unfortunately. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she plays kind of the 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 woman in the movie for Steve Gutenberg. Yeah. To uh first of all kind of literally literally assault. Yeah, he he basically <laughs> assaults her. But then yeah. like all eighties movies, that assault transitions to romance. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> Because, That's how we learned how to, how to date in the 80s. Because Awful. she's actually the reason why he decides to put in a little bit of effort. Yeah. Once she starts showing a little bit of interest in him, he says, you yeah. know what? I'm not going to quit. It's it's actually because he asked to see her thighs. Uh, the very first time he pretends he's a police uh-huh. uh, captain asked to see her thighs, and that's weird. Uh, and then he he's like, no, I'm staying here. Immediately when he sees her thighs uh, out the window, she's wearing these short shorts. And is like showing her body off to him. Wow! Um, and I, I was—I don't know. It's just like that's shitty. Yeah, <laughs> it's awful. Yeah, but you kind of see like a little connection. This is Kim Cattrall. She owns her sexuality. Yeah, yeah. She, she had that. What was it called Sensitive Skin? Whatever show. I don't know. It was. It was. <laughs> We're Canadian. We should know this stuff. I know. We do. I do feel obligated to know a little bit about Kim Cattrall. Yeah. Anyway, she's she's uh, she's great. She is great. But at one point, the Harris wants to find out where they're going to be having their end of graduation party. Yeah, well, it's kind of like they yeah, they have some time off their reading week or whatever. Yeah, they, that's yeah. right. And so he makes the guys, the flunkies, ask Barbara or get Barbara to find out for them. But Mahoney figures out what's happening and mm. he has a little trick to play. Yeah. On the two flunkies. It's called bigotry. <laughs> <laughs> he sends them to a bar called the Blue Oyster. Now, I know what you're thinking, Glenn. Yeah. Is this a bar devoted to fans of the Blue Oyster cult? Yeah, maybe a Blue Oyster burn cult. Burn out the day, yeah. burn out the night. Yeah, don't, fear, bit, the don't fear the Reaper. Yeah. Gunk, 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 <laughs> right. Gunk, gunk, Some cowbells. Gunk, gunk. That'd be great. No. No? This is not a Blue Oyster cult fan bar. It is, in fact... A leather bar. Yeah. It is a gay bar for macho dudes yeah. in Person. motorcycle de- gear. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we all know what goes on there. Yeah. As soon people, as people drink and they and they talk to each other. And as soon as two straight men enter the bar, they will be forced, forced to participate. In dancing. In dancing. Ballroom dancing. <laughs> It's so stupid. So it's, stupid it's and so stupid awful. On so many fronts, it's so stupid. Oh my God. Yeah. It's just silly. First of all, yeah, the fact that any any movie in the 80s, if you see a gay man, they're going to hit on you. Like, 
the mm-hmm. the gay panic of that is so funny. But also, you'll be powerless. Like right. those two flunkies <laughs> just have to dance with those dudes it's all like, night. It's like they're fucking Draculas or something. <laughs> they just like look into your eyes and you're like, I have to do whatever he says. Yes. Yeah. It's happened to you too. <laughs> Oh, the gay panic is so funny. Uh, uh, it's such like a weird – anyway, it's such a funny panic. Such I, a funny panic, not <laughs> – Well, no, it's just because it makes no sense. And if you uh, – Is Blue Oyster a euphemism? It feels more like a euphemism for like a woman's body part than a I man's thought. body that's part. That's what I thought. Right? Sad vagina. That's what I would call that bar. <laughs> yeah. Sad vagina. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's not called like blue balls or whatever. No, no, no. It's blue oyster or it's like the rod or something. <laughs> the rod, but yeah, I don't no. know. Maybe there was it's... different lingo in the in the eighties. This came out in nineteen eighty four. Yeah, I I learned new lingo watching this movie. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't even know that that was like a race. Like I never even heard that word before, and that that was applied to to black people. I didn't I didn't even know. Yeah. I don't think that we'll say it on the podcast. No, I won't say it on the podcast. But but, uh, but yeah, there's the 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 two flunkies are also kind of racist uh, because they ha- they're they're awful in every way. Before so, that, at one point, they are in the police academy lineup, and one of them looks around and says, "Gee, there's sure a lot of spades here." Yeah, yeah, which is it's pretty awful. It's I mean, awful. We're we're meant to. We're meant to hate them for it because yes. Hightower glares at them. And then later when they use the word that we won't say, which isn't the N word, but is a pretty bad word. I didn't even know the word existed. It's, it's just like how horribly creative can you be? It's like one of your grandma's racist words. Yeah, it is. Yes, totally. And Hightower, after passing his driving test, which um, Mahoney helped him pass. Mm-hmm. He flips the car that the guy that said the racist thing about about hooks is in. Yeah, and he gets kicked out of the police academy because he rightly stood up for his his fellow academy member. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He didn't even hurt. Him. He just flipped the. Car. I don't know. I mean, that's still a pretty big deal. It's, yeah, it's still. But a big deal. you know, he was doing it for the right reasons. I think. I uh, mean, we would understand that now, probably, maybe. Look, if if like we lost a hockey game, we flipped cars. You know, That's it's true. just part of our Canadian heritage. That's true. So he was just being a proud Canadian. I was going to go flipping out cars later. You want to come? Flipping out cars, <laughs> flipping off cars. <laughs> this is the most ineffectual way to Either flip way. cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was also surprised to find out that this blue oyster gag, if yeah. that's what you want to call it, is a recurring joke that goes throughout the series. Yeah. Over and over again, characters are sent to this blue oyster where they have to dance. They have to, they're forced to dance. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, but speaking about the homophobia, yeah. there is another, like, really fucking disappointing. Yeah. Really fucking disappointing moment where Mahoney is sleeping. Oh, yeah. And Hightower comes to wake him up. And Mahoney's like, Hightower, it's 2 30 in the morning. What do you want? He's like, well, the driving test is tomorrow and I don't know how to drive. Right. And you're I've like... I've been driven since I was 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. But Mahoney's like, oh, well, of course I'll help you. And this is like a great moment because there hasn't been a lot of like bonding between the police academy members. Like they have sort of, yeah. you know, they've had fun, you know, giving shit to Harris mm-hmm. and the other two flunkies together. But there's yeah. not like, you know, a real moment of tenderness. Yeah, and Winslow and, and Mahoney, they, they've they've been friends a little bit. Yeah, you know, there's but, a little bit of camera. But yeah. it's a beautiful moment. It is a beautiful moment. And then Mahoney says, why not? Sleep is for fags anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, it was just like, it was. Well, you didn't even say it. It was, it was like not a funny joke to begin with. Mm-hmm. Even if you're like a bigot. It's not a funny joke, so I don't know why. It's not anything. Yeah, it's not he anything. He was just like, I hate gay people. <laughs> For no reason. It, and the weird thing about this movie is that it's it's all about, like, the these people that society is kind of down on and the police force is down on, mm-hmm. that maybe the police force marginalizes and, and all that stuff, and that they come together to become part of the system and maybe make that system better. But not gay people. Nope. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> it's the 80s after all. Oh, man. Yeah, so that's that's unfortunate in That this was movie. unfortunate. Uh, anyway, let's move on to the plot. So, I forget it. <laughs> so That took me, like, way out of it. There's, there's also the kind of hijinks of, like, the two flunkies bringing in uh, a prostitute well, for the room inspection. Well, that's what they do. 
in retaliation against Barbara for sending them to the Blue Oyster Bar. Right. So yeah. they tend to send this prostitute, and this mm-hmm. is another scene in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best way I can describe it. Yeah, right? no, that's a very accurate description. So they're gonna they're gonna plant this prostitute in Barbara's room so he gets kicked out of the police academy, but Mahoney finds her instead and, you know, is trying to sort of get her out of sight mm-hmm. and hides her behind this podium. Yeah. Which he also hides behind. And he tells her that the real client, he's not the client. Mm-hmm. The real client will be there in a second. And then here comes Lassard to give a speech. Yeah. And he's in front of the podium. And uh, Steve Goober's had to hide in the podium with the prostitute. They're both too. down yeah. there. And we hear a zip. Yeah. And then it is very hard for Lassard to make his uh, Lassard to make very his hard. Very. And this is some acting. <laughs> this is some amazing acting from actually, this sweet old poor man. I actually quite like his reactions in this scene. Like, they're very funny. He plays this, like, I don't know, stupid fucking scene off very well. I thought he did a, a very great job in the intonation of his voice and all that stuff. I think you'll find the presentation interesting as well as very, very stimulating. Could we have the lights turned down? Now, this first slide shows a very, very interesting thing. Our main building. In slide two. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I didn't have a problem with the scene until the very end of it. Yeah. Yeah, where... Where the speech is over and Steve Gutenberg pokes his head out yeah, and smiles to see if the coast is clear. But if not, Lassard has seen him yeah. and then assumes that Steve Gutenberg had been the one to zip him. And uh, and yeah, and then he goes directly to Harris and is like, get Mahoney out of here. Yeah. Which, yeah, I don't know. I mean, fair if somebody sexually assaulted you under a podium. <laughs> that would be grounds for dismissal. Yeah, I just love that he's willing to walk it off until it's. Uh, I mean, I don't know, love it. I, I it's, he's it's, in shock. He's he's in shock. Anyway, so but I I love hate when it comes back around later, like at the end of the movie where Steve Gutenberg is kissing Kim Cantrell. Yeah, and Lassard is like, now you're on the right track. Yeah. Well, there's there's a moment where Lassard he goes up to the next uh, podium uh, again and like looks under it to make sure there's no one there, which I found. I was like, that's I don't know, that's that's, that's consistency. Pretty, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Anyway, yeah, but yeah, the fact that Lassard also like quote unquote like bought a woman for Mahoney by the end of this movie uh, is just fucking weird. So fucking weird, and it's not great. So the yeah. end of this movie it sort of climaxes in this riot. Boy, does it. Because <laughs> – thank you. There's this big riot because uh, the world leaders are meeting and they won't let anybody protest. So they just arrest a bunch of people. No, sorry. That's the G20. <laughs> There's a riot because the bungling guy throws an apple and this hits a guy and then it all sort of devolves into yeah. a riot. And so people are starting to like – Tear up the streets. And this all is shot in Toronto's beautiful Kensington Market. Oh, my God. <laughs> it looks like a wasteland. And it looks like Kensington Market. Yeah, but <laughs> like none of the vibrancy that's there now. Are you kidding? This is the old, vibrant Kensington Market before it was gentrified by all the fucking vegan bakeries and <laughs> shit like that. This was the Kensington Market where you could go buy a live chicken, have it butchered, and then bring it back to your family. That's beautiful, especially as a vegetarian. Blaine, I'm going to bring you a live chicken. No, thank you so much. (laughs) Bring me a live chicken. Bring it to me. We'll kill it together. That's that's good. Yeah, so they riot, and the riot, like, continues all the way downtown because it ends in in, uh, Liberty Village. Oh, yeah, in the Liberty Village. Yeah, uh, which used to be a bunch of different things. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the settings uh, in the second half. But what happens is Harris gets taken hostage by a guy with a gun that he stole off the two flunkies. Two guns. Yeah, two guns. He's John <laughs> wooing it up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he pins down Kim Cattrall, too, on the ground with, like, firing. Yeah, that's right. And Steve Gutenberg has to go up there, and Hightower has to go up there and save it. Is it Hightower? They Steve both do. Guten- Steve Gutenberg goes, and then Hightower 
yeah. comes in for the save. And and even Gutenberg, though he's not a police officer anymore. And, yeah, and Gutenberg's been fired from the academy, and so has Hightower at this point. And Hightower says, you know, like when uh, the guy has a gun on on Gutenberg and, and Harris, like you know, let me watch you kill these pigs. It's, it's, it's great. <laughs> uh, so uh, and then he punches a guy and he falls down the stairs and then we have Hooks's final moment where she actually yells at the guy. Yeah, not pick up his and asserts her authority, her yeah. vocal authority. Authority. Yeah, yeah it's great. That yeah. is great. And so then they have the whole uh, graduating class. Yeah, and they give some some medals to people. That's right. Yeah, it's it's a, beautiful. Yeah, it's a beautiful little moment. And they're like, and sign here for seven sequels. <laughs> Sign here to print some money. All right. <laughs> and then lose a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> and then lose it all on Moscow, which is, I think, how Trump's going to feel very soon. Anyway, Hopefully. let's talk about – I have some trivia for you. Okay. I have some behind the scenes. Yes. We're going to talk about locations in Toronto because mm-hmm. we lived in all of them. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to fire some guns. <laughs> oh, my God. That is not part of it, Rob. Can oh. you please put that gun I'll away? Put this away. It's a long gun. It's it's uh yeah, it's, it's a rifle because it's it's, it's it's Canada. I have the paperwork. I don't have a gun. Yeah, no, I don't. Uh, people have guns though. I have these two fingers. <laughs> people, have, I, I, it always blows me away that people have like handguns and like in blows me away like, way literally. I certainly hope not. Have you met somebody with a handgun in Canada? Yeah, that's fucked. And it's funny because. It's not funny. Uh, it's it's interesting that everyone that owns like a handgun never owns just one handgun. There was the, it's like you need protection. at least five handguns to defend yourself. Yeah, exactly. You need one under the and desk and an AR-15. One need one in the car. Need one in the toy chest. You know, you need to have them <laughs> where you can get at them in case a burglar comes into your home. But don't they have to be always stored in like a safe with like the bullets separate and you have to like. You have to keep the bullets at the firing range, I think. You're not allowed to have a gun on your person in Canada. Uh, no. Unless- my One of my roommates, my roommate in Liberty Village that lived there. Dave? Dave, Dave yeah. He, he had a gun because he worked in security. Are you fucking kidding me? We used to record the podcast there. Yeah, yeah. I could have died. Yeah, so, so he, he, he had, he had a gun, but there was no bullets. He wasn't allowed to keep the bullets with the gun. So he needed the bullets in a safe in the place, but he had to take the gun home to keep it separate. But you can get, you can buy bullets. I don't know. Like you can that. buy bullets. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, I think it's harder to buy oh my a gun than buy bu- bullets. I would assume. So why wouldn't they just keep the gun in the safe, and then you have you can get bullets, and then you can't fire the bullets unless you have like a nail and a hammer and some very strong hands. I am so disturbed, but I am glad that this turned into a serious discussion about gun safety. <laughs> And we'll be back with the podcast after this break. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Rewatchability. We're talking about Police Academy. This is a listener's suggestion. Thank you again, Michael. Thank and, you, Michael and, Winslow. Uh, <laughs> it's not Michael Winslow. Oh. Although maybe it secretly is Michael Winslow. Yeah. Because they've been talking about a lot of uh, a lot of sequels lately. Oh. But we'll, we'll get into that in a second. First, trivia. Rob, I have some questions for you. Who are the three actors to be in all seven Police Academy movies? You can name their character or their actors. I'm not going to answer any questions until I speak to my lawyer. <laughs> you, you, you don't deserve a lawyer, hey, what's punk. What's that mirrored glass? <laughs> Come on. I can see people behind there. Listen, you answer my questions or answer them for you, okay? <laughs> you got to bring in the good cop, Lane, <laughs> which is me. You're the good Look, cop. Look, we can get you out of here. You know, you haven't taken it too far. You're going Hope to jail. You- I can handle this guy. You want a cup of coffee? We'll put arsenic in it. Is that, wait, wait. That's not bad cop. That's just murderous cop. Murderous um, cop. So who are the three 
actors that went through all the series. And bonus, if you can guess the one actor out of those three that was also in the Police Academy series. Oh. Okay, I'm going to say Michael Winslow. Yeah, that's one of them. I'm going to say Tackleberry. You got it, David Graff. And I'm going to say Hightower. You're wrong. What? Yeah. You want to get, get a Hooks? second guess? No. It was Lassard. Oh. He was in all of them. <laughs> I came here for the blowjobs. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, listeners. That, that wasn't that wasn't a scene in the movie. They just accidentally <laughs> filmed that happening, and uh, so he thought that was going to be in every every movie. And who was the who was the one out of those three that was in the Police Academy series? Winslow. Yeah, Winslow. Yeah, right he on. Do all the sound effects for all the cartooning. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have a foley budget, so uh, they really had to say just yeah. He, they just used him. Very good. Very good. Two out of three. The budget of this movie was. $4.5 million. It made $81 million. But, Is this a math question? <laughs> but the speed of the train in this movie oh, was... Uh, no, I, but the critics hated this movie. What? They hated it. How could they? Ebert gave it a zero-star review. <laughs> Fucking Ebert. <laughs> Arrest that man! <laughs> Officer, I'm not resisting! Bang! Bang! <laughs> <laughs> he said that it was kind of like Airplane, except Airplane was a comedy. <laughs> Uh, well, wasn't one of the writers from the script Pat Proft? Didn't he also do yeah, yeah, some Pat of those? Proft. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he – there was a connection um, anyway. But there was one country in the world where this movie was number one, number fucking one. They loved it. What country was that movie? Number one. I'm going to have to say that Police Academy is – Big in Japan. <laughs> well, the B sides were. <laughs> were. They had a lot of extended tracks there, bonus yeah, tracks. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Am I correct? You are not correct. What? It was a country that no longer exists. USSR. It was West Germany. Ah. Yeah. The East Germans were too no. pretentious for it. <laughs> they were, they, what, what snobs in East Germany? The West Germans. Yeah. They fucking love that shit. Oh, they love the lowbrow humor. I find police academy. A little uh, <laughs> banana peel on the floor. <laughs> I love it. He makes the sounds with his mouth and that fills us with joy that we do not have because of the Berlin Wall. <laughs> if only the police academy could tear down the wall. <laughs> <laughs> that accident-prone guy might just do it <laughs> on accident. <laughs> yes. These accents are moving all through, like, the spectrum of Saturday Night Live movie characters. I think you were, like, Dr. Evil in the last one. <laughs> no, I had, a, mm. I, had a, I had a German boss at one point, and he sounded exactly like that. You can that. call him a master. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm not. <laughs> okay. No, but he totally sounded that. He was just like, mm, Blaine, you should uh, clean out the popcorn machine. Mm, yes. <laughs> and he would always do these like vocal noises. It sound perverted. It was always so perverted. Climb in there with your nice... <laughs> Buttery buns. <laughs> yeah. Go do that. He always like made fun of me, dude. I was like, oh, you're a trained monkey doing whatever I say. I was like, you're my boss. Was your boss Dieter from SNL? <laughs> yeah, like totally. I don't know why. I knew it was a Mike Myers character. <laughs> right. Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right. So West Germans, big fan. So there were a lot of Toronto locations used in this movie. It was all filmed in Toronto. Tell me more. So the film, the first half of the riot was in Kensington Market, mm -hmm. which I live just at north of right now. It's a nice – Right. Nice, that's right. You yeah. do. And then the second half was in Liberty Village, which I, I also lived in. I did a little d digging on Liberty – I stayed at your house there. Yeah, yeah. And the academy where they all got trained is a university now. Yeah. Liberty Village and the university uh, – the Humber College. Sorry, university college. Liberty Village was named Liberty Village because in the Second World War, uh, we made the Bren gun – in Liberty Village. Whoa. Yeah, we made like 100,000 of them and more. We were the biggest manufacturer of them. Wait, we made this fucking huge gun in Canada. Yeah. And now we're being all self-righteous on the podcast about guns? <laughs> I know. I know. It seems a little... Uh, we're the problem. A, a little suspect. We're yeah. hypocrites. We are. 
I, I mean, I don't know what movie critic can't be a hypocrite. <laughs> I just don't know. But also the where the academy in Mimico uh, that used what is a now college used to be uh, an insane asylum, uh, which is what they called it back then, but an institution. But all those locations, there's one more that has been in all the movies, the Blue Oyster Bar. Yes. Where was that in Toronto? Ooh, uh, I do want to know. <laughs> I have no clue. I want to know. Silver Dollar Room. Oh, the dollar. Yeah, which yeah. no longer exists. Yeah. Yeah, it was torn down. We saw, I mean, I saw our third co-host, JM, play a set there. Right, yeah, with his band. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Good times. Yeah, well, the Silver Dollar Room was like, that was a sketchy Music venue. It was sketchy, but now we they don't even have bugs. we don't even have music venues anymore. They're all being closed down because real estate in Toronto yeah. is so uh, coveted because it was used in the Police Academy movie. <laughs> it's really raised our housing prices. The rents have gone up. Oh man, yeah, it's <laughs> it's, really it's getting bad. brutal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Police Academies they they went down in value, but their locations went up in value. Up, up, up. Yep. Exactly. So there's also uh, just some behind the scenes of this movie. A president was very fond of this movie. Reagan. Bill Clinton. Really? <laughs> Bill Clinton fucking loves this movie. Yeah, because of the podium scene. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I put a, I put a podium under Martha, my... Uh, come over here, buy this podium. <laughs> <laughs> well, during that scandal, he has attributed watching all seven of the Police Academy movies to helping him cope with the scandal because he watched them as a way to, like, not think about the shit that he was going through. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm not. That's what he said. He he talked to Steve Gutenberg and was like, you really, you really saved my life. You really, you really, uh, you really helped me out. What the fuck? Yeah. It's just like the fucking weirdest. And then he also said that he sat down at a separate time. With Chelsea Clinton, <laughs> I don't know. It was just some other from Chelsea, the comedian, and uh, no Chelsea Clinton, and watched all seven of them with his daughter. So that's why he's not funny because uh, he learned right. from that, and that's why she's scarred. Yeah, that's right. That's why she's become a you know a real progressive advocate right. because she saw all the shit in this movie. It was like, we got to change this. <laughs> we <laughs> yeah. got to make the world better. Yeah, we got to introduce body cams. This, <laughs> <laughs> this is going to help. Yeah, so Bill Clinton. No thoughts, nothing on Hillary's thoughts about the movie? Uh, Hillary thought that it was unconstitutional to make her daughter watch those movies. So that's why Bill Clinton was impeached. So a few years ago. Remember when it was easy to impeach a president? <laughs> All they had to do is go behind a podium. <laughs> Trump is turning into like a fucking Acme cartoon character. He's like, you just like when they finally catch him, they'll just be like, oh, well, you're you're going to go to jail now. And he's going to be like, oh, no, I'm just not going to go to jail. And then everyone's going to be like, what do we do? How do we put him in? How do we put him in jail? He, every time they like catch him on something, he's like, no, nah, I'm need fine. To get that guy a blowjob. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, what's that line from um, Good Morning Vietnam when Robin Williams was like, "You're you are in more dire need of a blowjob than any man in history." He says that to like his. That's that's Trump. Trump needs to just fucking yeah. relax, man. Yeah. Okay, so a few years ago, Michael Winslow was on a morning show in Ooh. Australia. Ooh. And he did an Australian accent. Because that's where Michael is. He's the man. Yeah. And and Michael Winslow is there too. Maybe they are the same person. <laughs> That's a siren. <laughs> okay, good. That's why those ships crashed on the rocks right there. So Michael Winslow, man of a thousand voices, ten thousand voices, he says, which I think is just giving himself a little too much. A thousand, a thousand voices is, right. has a nice ring to it. Ten thousand five hundred forty-seven to be yeah, exact. It's very yeah. So he went on the show and he was like, "New Line Cinema." Is, is making a new Police Academy movie. Ooh. This was when Obama was in office because he was doing a lot of Obama voices. Have they had the conversation with you lot about another we Police Academy? discussed it. There is a number eight in development. There is a script. Is it good? 
I have not looked at it yet because I wanted to see how things developed because I was going to wait because you know they're going to put it through a couple more rewrites. Yeah, sure. For what little part of it I saw, it was cool. I liked it. So now they're working on the finance. Well, we have got something for you from Australia. For you do? Keep your tidy over until you get here. Ah, uh, good. Let me see. Here you go. You remember Tim Towns? Yeah. Ooh. Um, and the writers for the movie are pretty famous. Really? Yeah. And they're pretty famous comedians. They were Key and Peele. Whoa. And that would have been great. I feel like that would have been a great movie. It was after Keanu came out. Uh-huh. And they were tagged with doing the new Police Academy movie by new, with, with New Line. Uh-huh. And then they dropped out and started making way better things. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine if we had a Police Academy reboot instead of Get Out? <laughs> What a better world that would be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess you could say. <laughs> it would have been a horror movie, Police Academy, which yeah. it kind of was. That's right. It kind of was. <laughs> Rewatching all the bigotry and the racism in the movie. Yeah, that's that's still in the movie. Yeah, in the Key and Peele version. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. So, but they that, put a lot more oomph into that pushing the car over scene. <laughs> but that never got made, obviously. Disappointing. yeah. But Steve Gutenberg, who I looked him up, I was like, "What? What's Gutenberg doing?" Well, I remember he was in Veronica Mars, yeah, and he was buff. Yeah, he got he got kind of tanned and buff. Yeah, and it yeah. was weird, I, so I, weird. Yeah, it's weird when like funny guys get really buff, like Dave Chappelle when he got really buff. You're like, "Oh, Dave's a tank." Well, I only think of Steve Gutenberg as like, yeah, an 80s sort of hacky comic character. Yeah. He's like, ah, I'm going to try to look through a window at naked women like he does in this movie. Yeah. It's obligatory scene. Definitely. Or whatever. He's like the crass, you know, laid back mm-hmm. white guy who has nothing to worry about. But he's also in movies like The Boys from Brazil. Right. <laughs> which yeah. is a pretty serious movie where he's like hunting down Nazis. And I'm like... This is weird. Shouldn't he be like trying to get into a locker room or something? He's had the weirdest career because he was so A-list for such a long time and then became a B-list, C-list, D-list celebrity Mm -hmm. and then did Boys from Brazil. Like these other movies that I think really helped break him out of a mold uh, that he was in. But he still doesn't do a lot of big name movies obviously now. No. The movie that he was in with Michael Winslow and, and the woman who played Hooks was a – Ta- uh, uh, it was a parody on Snakes in the Plane, which, like, just to begin with, isn't that already, like, a parody of itself? <laughs> you need to make another movie? It was called Too Lava, Too Hot or something like that. What? And it was about volcanoes that spewed spiders. Oh, God. Damn it. The, it How far now, did you fall? Is this supposed to be one of those it's so bad – it's good things. I think they were trying to make like uh, Sharknado. Yeah, exactly. Bird apocalypse stuff like that. But uh, I, I don't think it was. It was even too bad. I think it was just horrible enough just to be bad. horrible. Yeah, just bad. That's uh, too bad. But he he just got married this year. Steve Gutenberg. Congratulations. Congratulations to a, uh, a New York reporter. Mm-hmm. Very nice. You're <laughs> waiting for the other shoe to drop here. You're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> she's nineteen. <laughs> she's thirty nine. There's okay. a there's a twenty year difference between them. Well, whatever. I'm not gonna exactly. worry about thirty nine year olds. Yeah, it's just yeah. When it's a forty year difference, like looking at you, Seinfeld, it's a little much. It's a little, I don't know if that's. I'm I'm just libelous. Also, that B movie wasn't great. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what we should be hitting him for for sure. Uh, but Steve Gutenberg said that they're remaking the movie and that it's in production. Or pre-production. Ooh. So it, it'll be about a new class of of recruits. Right. So Michael Winslow is now just screaming in robot voices about how he's not in this movie. Right. Because he's been in all of them. And, uh, yeah. So the other thing I'm going to say is that the, the writer-director of this, Hugh Wilson – is also kind of doing a new Police Academy movie on his own because his new movie is called The First Force. And it is about – I don't know if, if this is familiar to, to you. It is about a ragtag group 
of people that are chosen to be a police force. Ooh, that's unique. That are really bad at it. Uh, but it's the first force, so it's in medieval times. So there's dwarves and orcs and and fairies stuff. And I'm sure he's going to Wait, do hand- they mean – Nah. Uh, I'm sure they're going to handle it really, really well. Well, good luck, Hugh. But he's also done movies like Blast from the Past, which I really liked. I know it's not a great movie, but did I, you? I did. I, I like that movie. Okay, well, we'll have to talk about Blast from the Past one day. Yeah, we will. We will because I think it's a, it's an underrated movie, and I'm I'm putting my foot down right now. You're defending it. I'm defending it already. All right. Okay, so we'll do that. We'll do that soon. Uh, the, there's another interesting, weird thing that uh, that the Harris, the guy who played Harris, G G W Bailey. I love yeah. that guy. He's like my favorite. He's so funny. He's so good. Yeah. He's like the only. I mean, not the only person, but he, his performance, I think, is really stellar. Mm-hmm. He's also great in Police Academy Four because he's not in two and three. No, interesting. But he comes back for Police Academy Four and some of the other ones. He's great, and he's also. Great on The Closer. Mm, yeah, nice. that's right. He was also in Saint Elsewhere. Oh. I don't know if you remember that. I vaguely do. Kind of soap, soapy. Soapy. Show. And uh, he was on MASH, I believe. Yeah, he was on MASH. But he left Saint Elsewhere because he uh, hated the producer so much. And so that's why he got this role, because uh-huh. he left Saint Elsewhere to free himself up for this. Who Do you know who that producer was? Yeah, trivia's over, bitch. All right. I'm sorry fine. I called you the B. No, that's, that's, that's fine. Um, you're going to have to do 50 push-ups for that. <laughs> I'm still the drill inspector, okay? So Who was it? It was Gwyneth Paltrow's dad. Jake Paltrow? Yeah. Oh, man. I think that's her brother, Jake Paltrow. Oh, man, maybe. Yeah, it's Bruce Paltrow. Bruce! <laughs> Bruce. Yeah, Bruce Paltrow. Hated, hated G.W. Bailey so much. Wow. They, they butted heads so much that he did the Police Academy movies. And I think that's like almost what he's most famous for. So Now I wonder if Gwyneth Paltrow isn't like awful. <laughs> well, I mean, Bruce Paltrow did have that jade egg up his, up his butt for most she, of Saint Elsewhere. Gwyneth Paltrow's opening a, a vagina egg store in Toronto. And what an opening. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's called the Blue Oyster. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you put an egg up your vagina, you're going to have a Blue Oyster. <laughs> <laughs> That ain't no pearl, honey. <laughs> oh, my Lord. So, Rob, Rob, what did you think about rewatching this movie? I mean, it definitely passes the Bechdel test, and it's very ahead of its time in terms of, like, how it treats people of color and, and people of different sexual orientations. Blaine. Yeah. It kind of maybe almost does pass the Bechdel test because at one point, Callahan and Thompson, who's Kim Cattrall, are yeah. talking – and they only briefly mention Lieutenant Harris. Yeah. yeah. But it's not about a man romantically. No. That's true. I don't that's know. True. It's yeah. on the line. It's from, oh, man. <laughs> that's a thin blue line right there. <laughs> that's pretty bad. That's what uh, Errol Morris was talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So did you, did you like rewatching this movie? Well, as I said, I have a long history with the Force. Sure. So I do have a certain loyalty I like a lot of the characters. Yeah. I like the little arcs that they have. Like, Hooks' arc is good. Mm-hmm. And Hightower is really great. And I, I like all those guys. And even though I don't think the movie is that great, yeah. it has really good moments in it. So yeah. I kind of don't think I'll ever watch Police Academy again. Yeah. But I may watch... Police Academy 2, 3, 4, and 5 at some point. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> because I want to get to the good stuff. Like Bobcat Goldwave. Oh, yeah. He, he comes in in Police Academy 2 or 3 or whatever. It's, it's 2 as like a villain, and then 3 is like the new recruit. Yeah. Which is fun. That's a fun little great. trajectory. Yeah. I love great. that guy. And also other people, the new people who sort of join the force later mm-hmm. on are also really fun. I... I have a soft spot for these movies, Blaine. Yeah. I do. Okay. That said, well, I kind of think it's rewatchable. I'm going to go mildly, very mildly, thin blue line of rewatchability. Okay. Because I think that there's good stuff. It's a good formula. It's a good story. I think it's 
a formula that could work well. So if somebody like Key and Peele did reboot it or write a script for it, I think that it could be great. And it sort of slides in there with like a lot of the other comedies and cop comedies that are being rebooted. Like yeah. if you think of this as a predecessor to Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which it really isn't, <laughs> but it has the same themes and, yeah. you know, like you can do stuff within the genre of policing yeah. to make it funny and interesting and have like an emotional arc. Yeah, uh, Bobcat Goldthwait was asked a few years ago whether he would be in a reboot, and he said no because they don't need to be making a movie making police look funny right now. Well, and and I thought that was a, a pretty good point. I mean, we're cops, or let's be cops. Mm-hmm. That came out like the same month as Ferguson happened, mm-hmm. and so it was just like that was bad timing. But it's also like. Yeah, maybe we don't need to be making, like, these comedic movies about cops and making cops, like, look this way. Maybe cops have to do something to, like— Fuck the police! Like, well, maybe they have to be the ones to fix their image before— and I think if if we're going to go into gun safety and all that stuff, but body cams do a lot to to mm-hmm. make cops behave. So um, that's a good point. I yeah. So I, I, I see Bobcat Goldthwait's stuff. Yeah. However, I also think that as entertainers or whatever. If you're writing a show about cops, that's your voice and you can be critical of the police. And I think like Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a show about police. It doesn't always get it right. But for the most part, it does. Yeah. I think that it tries to sometimes address the issues that doing a show about cops. Right. Yeah, I haven't watched runs it. Though, over. Yeah. You haven't watched it? No. You've no. never seen it? No. I haven't seen any of the NBC comedies. I haven't seen The Office or Parks and Rec or Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I've seen, like, episodes of them, but I haven't. I'm, what I, the fuck is wrong with you? Okay, you're I'm, under arrest. <laughs> no, Put your I'm hands not. behind your back. There's there's some people that, like, wait for their, like, um, when they break their body in a ski accident to find— I their... will break your body <laughs> to make you watch The Office. To, to finally read, you know, Remembrance of Things Past. And I—that's what I'm waiting for. Those are my Remembrance of Things Past. I'm going to watch them— when I'm laid up in the hospital, I'm this waiting is... to because I know they're going to be good, and I have something to look forward to. But you like Andy Samberg. <laughs> You're the one person that likes Andy Samberg. No, I I think he's all right. Yeah, I I just I just don't know how to talk to you anymore. <laughs> I mean, you've had a lot of practice, Rob. <laughs> you've had 378 hours of practice. But I mean, I think as a writer, like. How could you not watch these shows, which are amongst some of the best written oh, comedies? Like I've watched, I've, I've like, you know, picked apart their pilots and stuff, and I've, oh uh, but I, I don't know. Uh, don't, okay. don't hate me for that. Well, I think you should watch Brooklyn Nine Nine because it's okay. delightful. And and does are, it address like the the police issues that are happening right now? It sometimes does, and other issues. Like there was a an issue on sexual assault and harassment, which huh. was. Very good. And, yeah, they are able to sort of do the police plots and also have the characters sort of comment upon things. And I think it's good. All right. Sweet. So So it can be done, but you have to to address it. You have to address it. Which I'm sure the new police academy will. Well, it might because now we're in the age of entertainment where we do address these things, where people – Hopefully. People do want – I mean there is – I would trust Key and Peele to do it. For sure. There are the traditional cop shows on ABC, NBC, whatever, where it's NCIS or whatever, and they do the cop thing and, you know, Law and Order. and. Mm-hmm. But there are also things that comment upon that. And, you know, there's a few good things. Yeah. yeah. You can do good. All right. All I right. don't know. Sweet. I'm, I'm with you. I think that this is kind of a, a thin thin line of, of rewatchability. I, I mean, the 80s-ness of it. With just the not respecting people is really fucking hard to take. But the beginning, before any of that stuff happened, I was like, this is kind of a charming movie. Like, mm-hmm. I'm into this. I respect it for what it's doing. It's goofy, but it's trying to, like, make real relationships between people. Like, I like Winslow and Mahoney's relationship a lot because mm-hmm. they just kind of pals. I, I yeah I, I think there's I think there's a lot of good in this movie and I think the movie is trying to say some good things. Um, it just it falls does some bad things too. It just yeah it just kind of belies itself by doing all the bad things as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. 
So that's it. That's rewatchability for this week. Thank you so much for listening and joining. And if you can't give to our Patreon.com slash We'll shoot you. <laughs> no, we won't shoot you. <laughs> but you could shoot us a message in terms of uh, uh, Facebook or Twitter. You could also go on to Apple Podcasts and you could rate us there. And if you don't want to do any of those things, if you're too lazy to do any of that, which I am, I – I don't know. I, I you are a lazy that. son of a bitch. I, uh, but uh, you know, I like to talk to people about podcasts and about podcasts to listen to and maybe do the same if you if you like this podcast or like podcasts in general. Just keep on mm-hmm. keep on the word out on podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. But mostly ours. <laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.